Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. since last <laughs> week. <laughs> How are you doing with all your shows? Shows are going well. So I finished the last one in rehearsals for the other one. Yep. Uh, possibly by now. So obviously these are pre-recorded, so yeah. I could actually be in performance of the other one. Oh, God. Who I knows? don't know. Who knows? All you need to do is follow us on Facebook. Instagram will do some updates, but Facebook, which is Wine and Sympathy, uh, well, Facebook, yes, face wine, wine and, and Sympathy, sympathy yes. um, you'll get updates, I'll do little stories. Now that we're back in the swing of things, mm. you'll see more of us. But during that time that we head off, I definitely don't want to like saturate your newsfeed with uh, memes about drinking wine, because I know that you were all drinking wine anyway. Yes, it's been a wine kind of year, hasn't all it? All right. But, I mean, there have been a few people that did take some time off from drinking wine, um, I don't want to talk to them. Okay. You know who I do want to talk to? <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> I want to talk to, in my opinion, one of the best casting directors. Yeah. Yes. I was going to say creative, but. Oh, he yes, creates, he creates things he as creates, well. He's a casting creator. Yes, and is a teacher as well. Uh, he does so yeah. many things. I've so got many things. a lot of beautiful experiences, and well, I've maybe like three in my head that when I pull on. <laughs> I, no, because I've, I've done things with this He's man. taking that as a compliment. He, he loves it. Um, but uh, Peter uh, has actually got a Bachelor of Arts as an actor. So he graduated QUT in 1997. Not only... Oh, I know, right? You're just about our age. Almost. Yeah. Uh, he, he loves uh, Lee Strasberg. He's got like the Eric Morris Uta Hagen. Actually, he does an Uta Hagen class, I believe, as well. Uh, and Mark Travis. They're also the aesthetics and of course Howard Fine. So not only is he somebody who's helped cast some of these great productions, which of course are Neighbours, Patch the Rafters, Sea Patrol, H2O, just add water, and the Dr. Blake, starring our favourite Australian, what's his name? I don't know. Craig McLaughlin. Love him. Yes, Ben's my favourite. Love him. Oh, but even though he had that whole drama recently, but we did not touch on that. No. Um, (laughs) Peter has over 20 years of industry experience. 10 years specialising as a casting director, and actually he began his journey into casting with possibly the best agency, Maura Fay Casting. Um, I've been cast a lot with Maura Fay. Um, have you? I've, no. Maura Fay was <laughs> Melbourne and Sydney. Um, but now, Peter Rasmussen. Rasmussen. Ah. Hi. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Oh my God. I just want to say, first of all, I'm very thankful that you've agreed to come and chat to us. Because 
You're probably you're the us. highest. You're probably our highest profile. Baby. Yeah. Oh, no way. In our esteem. Yeah. Well, that's very. Well, I I don't know what to say to that. That's very kind. No, I mean, Vanessa was like, "Let's get Peter Rasmussen." I was like, "Really? Do you, do you think that could happen?" I'm like, yeah, he's great. Stuff. Do you feel threatened by me? Or no, God, I, hello, no. You've you given me all this lovely food and cheese. I and know, no and wine. <laughs> mm. We've got, got him ready to talk, guys. That's We've right. got him ready to talk. Ready to talk. So, Peter, welcome to mm. our tiny little home studio. Thank you. Uh, it's been made feel very welcome. Thank you. Good. Good. Yes. So, um, casting from being an, did you always want to be an actor when you grew up? Because you went to QUT. Well, yes. So, I, I, I think. I didn't know I wanted to be an actor, but I was always performing, I think, mm. like as a young person. I think I always just loved performing. My, my dad used to design for theatre and direct theatre, and I was around people. I used to remember comedy shows off by heart, like The Goon Show, which I don't know if either of you I would... do know. Oh, good, good, yeah. excellent. So I could do silly voices from that. And um, I think I liked so many things uh, to do... But I think I real I like not to do with drama or in, or other things. But I think I enjoyed the drama in everything, mm. and that led me to, you know, wanting to be involved with stories. So I yeah I ended up auditioning for QT, not getting in the first time. What? Yes, being told Strange. to go and get rid of my lisp, which you may hear, and I've never um, heard it. don't hear it at all. I work really hard. So, so don't, you don't hear it, but you'll, right. you can see if you can point right. it out. Totally yeah, I yeah, yeah. <laughs> just as you said that, I went, oh, wait. And I'm like, are you doing that on purpose? <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm, no, I, 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 it, it slips every now and then, especially yeah, okay. when I'm tired. And, um, and had a couple of wines. Yeah, um, thanks to ourselves, we've got a lovely Shiraz from the Barossa Valley today. You're welcome. Um, it's very light, 2018. I think it was from Vilsel. So it's a beautiful wine varietal. Thanks very much, Asabi. You're for welcome. That. I wish we had a sponsor. Hello. Wine sponsor. Dan Murphy. <laughs> oh, yes. Dan Murphy, yes. Um, yeah, so. So the, um, yeah, so I think getting into QT and uh, studying acting and not even realising it was something you could actually make a career of uh, was, uh, I went in not actually realising, oh, yeah, a career, you know, <laughs> pay the that? bills, that sort of thing. <laughs> And uh, but also not only casting, but you're a teacher. I love the fact that you have always created a, a welcoming space for people to come in and test in front of you. Um, a couple of things that you've done that I can remember. It was a house, I think, in New South Wales, maybe. I don't even remember where it was. <laughs> oh, it was a house. Ha- no, it was in Queensland. It was a Queenslander. Right. And you were on the top level, and we were all sitting down at the bottom. We had to come up and come in there. And it was intense. And it was for a TV series. I can't recall right now what it was. But we walked in there and the room was hot. Because you've got to shut everything and there's black everything and there's no fan. And you, the immediate thing you first you said to say is, sorry, we've all got our shirts off. Because everyone had like singlets on or you got a t-shirt. And I'm like, oh, it's hot in here. Yeah. Oh and we do God. the scene and, and you just, I felt your presence the whole time through that. And you just pushed a little bit more here and you push a little bit more there and for guys listening I'm pushing left and I'm going right yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you brought something out of me with that audition that I walked away and I was like oh shit I think I've got that I didn't get it but I felt so good about it. You, you felt like you'd done a good test or at least given something that was different and something that okay. you pushed out and I think the only way that I got that is because not only do you cast but you teach well yeah. that's really lovely I mean 
I remember when I had the first... Well, that's great. You had a good experience. I'm really excited by that. And, and it actually makes me feel really good when people do say uh, they have that. Because I do try to have a good... Give everybody that comes in the room a good experience and a chance to do their very best. I mean, th and there's a real... There's actually an important reason why you should... Everyone should do their best. Mm. Is that if I go at the end of the day and it's just a whole series of people who just look terrified and are doing terrible performances and sure. I show that to the directors and they go, well, who is there to come? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and, and I haven't done my job. So, yeah. but I think where I can, um, you know, to give talented actors the chance to show what they do. I, I remember my first ever, the, the time that I, I was Sea Patrol Series 3 and I was left, and I, I somebody was the first person on that day, which was the first day, I'd ever was behind this very crappy old um, Sony camera, mm. looking at the other person who had at the actor who had just done this their performance, and I went, "Okay, I now need to see this differently. How do I do that?" <laughs> so I kind of went, "Well, you have to be a, unless it makes sense to me, unless I can give them a direction that's actually going to that they can actually do, or I can do. Mm. If I could say something to them that's something that would make sense to me." That I could then do, then that would be, that would make sense. And, and I think everything that I've tried to do since then is about that. You know, can you yeah. can you get them to do? Can you get a person to do something that they can actually do, not just a concept? That comes down to the fundamentals. When you look at all the greats, and yes. we touched on it before about a couple of the greats who are casting greats. But if you look at the greats, even Martin Scorsese says that he is a director, but he can't direct unless he knows how to act. Yes, he can't teach or tell people and that he knows how the light fits here or the this goes there he he's learned every aspect mm. the fact that you are so aware of actors and that you teach them you were an actor you started off an actor means that you were perfect to be a casting director well there's a few there's um there's a lot of the channel into becoming a casting director is usually from acting or your parents did it right or you start <laughs> to or you well, actually, I'm now I'm thinking of Marianne and Lee, and I don't think either of them were actors, uh, but I think they had an interest in it. Or film and TV. Or they've, mm. they've, they've got some interest in film and TV. I, I know. And so, and they, they find their way into that. So there's the three ways I think people have made it in. And mine was, I just, I was finding myself at a change. I was giving up becoming an actor, mm. which was a process, yeah. I it's think. It's terrible, isn't it? Well, it was an interesting one. I had to I had to deprogram a lot of identity because I knew that I wasn't happy uh, in my mid thirties. Going, I, you know, I'm really, I know that I have a lot of personal blocks in my way. I need to be able to fix them and take the time and get out and do that. And so I found myself as in uh, Tom McSweeney's office. Oh. Love Tom McSweeney. Love Tom McSweeney. Yes, yes. he's fantastic. And uh, so he trained me over six months and. When he went and set up his own affair, um, mm -hmm. I was offered his job, so what? I took that. Wow. Well, he, it was the it was the job the role that he had. I can Who, never replace Tom McQueen. Well, doing? the arrangement was that uh, Maura Fay had. Uh, this isn't talking out of turn, but the uh, is that uh, he wor he worked for Maura Fay as or as with them, and it was hard to tell the way he worked, mm. but he was you know uh, part of that company. But then there was a point where he went, okay, I finished. I will now set up, you know, McSweeney, which is now McSweeney Newman Casting. Casting, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and so with that 
burgeoning new thing, he went off and did that, and I they Stepped offered it to me, and I kind of went, wow, this would be amazing. And so how did that happen? What do you mean? They went. Just, just well, I went and said. I mean. Pick me. Right. Okay. <laughs> I mean, not to say that you're not qualified or good or anything, but I mean, if he's working with a number of different actors at the time, how did they know that you would be the right person for that? Oh well, because uh, the the role of it wasn't so much actors; it was the role of uh, casting director for Morfei in Queensland. Right. Okay. And uh, so, um, so and then he set it up his own company in competition with. With her, yes. Yeah, so okay. that was the... So uh, they, were they thinking like, oh, you sort of have the ins and outs of how he works, well, so... Well, they, they knew that I could do the job, or yeah, at least yeah, they, yeah. they, they I, I fooled them yeah. into thinking <laughs> right, that right. I could. No, I'm sure they... Yeah. Look, I think there was a little bit of that. I think they went, you know, and I... But I, I stayed friendly with both, I think. Yeah. And I loved uh, him. Mm. He was last a couple of years ago. Yeah. Legend. Yeah. Mm. No, and uh, I, I talked to... Anne and Lee and Marianne and they're all amazing and and uh, I talked and actually Tom still talks to me and good. That's and good. offers me his advice so usually I often go Tom what about this and go ah oh, right Pete that's so good so yeah, yeah. so um and very rare by the way well I think well, we're, there's something called the Casting Guild of Australia now which is a um, which oh. has been around for oh it's actually not young actually I think it's like do you know anybody on the executive committee at all well I, I, I was <laughs> yeah. I was volunteered to be part of the executive committee yeah. and so I'm one of I am part of the executive committee uh, on the CGA and I am still trying to work out what that means mm-hmm. but yeah. Uh, yeah it sounds very important it, it probably will be in the long run does Excellent. it mean you have to regulate casting like procedures like Bring in diversity, bring yeah. in... Uh, I uh, would think there are going to be documents that will have to be written around regulation-ish. As, you know yeah. what I mean? The yeah. reason why Asabi knows this is because she is the president of Queensland of Equity. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> That's a big question. Arts and Entertainment Alliance. That's so right. you guys yes. should really be connecting yeah. and talking about this. Cause it, and it, is, is there a lot of uh, competition between casting directors? Like, how do they determine... What casting director is going to work on what project? Well, it's uh, like uh, any other winning a project right? sort of Do you thing. actually like put out a proposal to say, yeah. we are capable of casting, you know, we, we have this much diversity <laughs> at our hands? Or, because as a casting director, you're not a, a talent agency. So no. you have to go out to talent agencies to make sure. So is it that... You say, I have a relationship with so many talent agencies that can then offer you this wide net of acting talent. What's, what's that process? Well, it's often, it's a lot of it is existing relationships, is the people that you, are, the relationships you make with people in the studios and different production companies. Uh, and so that side of it is a lot of, a thing a lot, a lot of actors don't see. Mm. But in, uh, but to, it down to nuts and bolts it's actually that the casting directors are searching for work with production companies and then we're trying to put that out to there with them now it's rarely uh, a large tendering process mm. but sometimes people do go out to tender they go do they we have really? this project and you know we have these um we're, we're looking for people but often it's it's all very who you know who, who are you, who's, who's established sure. who, especially who, in queensland well especially everywhere i mean really? Oh yeah, everything's. Don't you think everything's sort of a little clique of people, whether oh, yes. on small scale, large. Well, the clique is is when you're outside of it, is this awful, terrible thing. But then 
when you're inside, it's like, oh, I just uh, love making things with love my it. friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Just, you know, I just, I just, so it's it's that, but on large scale, and and I know for like in Queensland, like there's there's a lot of things. I can't believe how often I'm saying like the there are so many productions happening at the moment that are being cast by Sydney people, mm. and that is because of the relationship. existing relationships yes. and uh, reputations yeah. and past records and. Uh, and so, that's you know that that's the way that works. And it's the and to remember that when an actor comes in for an audition, that uh, a casting director is betting on that person producing a really great performance mm. off the back of having busted their gut to get that job. Yeah. So it's never it, whenever anybody gets brought in, it's because oh, please be amazing yeah i need to show yeah. her yeah. or uh, or thank or, or you know if they're a high profile person you know thank please be part of the project so that mm. the this project can now be funded and that's uh, something oh, yeah sorry, no, uh, that's something that i've heard quite often is you know there are a lot of actors that tend to be afraid of casting directors or and just they should be audition. No, <laughs> Do you want another wine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're, they're, you know, they're afraid of that audition process. And the one thing that I've heard um, other casting directors say is don't be afraid because we are there hoping that you're going to do a great job. We yeah. want you to succeed. Even if you don't get at least, you know, do, do well so that we can see you because it might lead to something else down the track. Now, I am a huge Grey's Anatomy fan. And uh -huh. Grey's Anatomy used to have a podcast where they would bring in, so they had three top shows going at the time. They had Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, and How to Get Away with Murder. And oh, How to Get Away with Murder. Oh, Best so show good. ever. So good. And one of the executive producers would bring in actors to have a chat with him. And the cool thing about uh, like How to Get Away with Murder, they used a lot of new people. Thank God. And they talked to them about the process, you know, and... There was one actor that said, yeah, I went in for an audition. They loved it, but they said they didn't have anything for me. And it was two years later that I got the call, you know. And so it, it just kind of shows you that you may not get the role right then and there, but they've seen you. And when something comes up, you might be perfect for it, and they remember you. It makes that's, you have a really good memory, huh? That's a, it's a great story. Or, well, <laughs> and, and not true. No, 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 no. And, no, and so, and, no, it is absolutely true, and that, that is the process. Um, mm. I had a chat with a, an actor called Emily Weir, who studied with me both at QUT and elsewhere, and came to self-tests. And uh, we did one test where she got close to home and away, and... Mm -hmm. Then um, it was when she was four weeks into having shot uh, Home yes. and Away oh. into her three-year contract mm. that she went, oh, so they kept on getting me in because they liked me yes. and they were trying to find, find the, the role, right role and always offering me up to the writers and directors and uh, the people at Channel 7 to try and... That happened That's with right. me with Young Rock. I did about seven different so auditions. Many. So many. And the last one, I was one of the top three people that they put forward, but just didn't happen. That's right. Yeah. So you so you, you can think of it as strengthening the process, like being, and that's kind of, that is a uh, something that you're giving to them by mm. saying, here is my work. You are, it's this act of generosity to learn the lines, shoot the thing, send it in. All, all an incredible amount of work to do that. Mm. But 
each time you do it, you're uh, giving another little piece of your work, a little piece of, of, of your, the diverse uh, amount of work you produce mm. to these people and increasing your increasing the amount of people they, uh, the, the amount that they like you. Yes, 100%. Yes. I totally got that. Because when you, sorry, when you put your, like the, in Sydney particularly, yeah. or you know, in Brisbane as well, that people say, oh, that person always goes up for auditions. Good. Well, let's say there's a short amount of time that I need audition to get this together. Then for those actors, I go, I just really trust they'll do something good and it'll, it'll I'll just be able to send that on and I'll be able to look at it and among the, the amount of people that I'm sending through, you go for that first. So mm-hmm. proving that, yep. proving that to a casting person, proving that to a production company, proving that to a director, proving that to a producer, is part of the actor's job. Yes. That you be, they become they you become that person who's the go-to because you do it so well. Yeah, you know what? That's really cool. I've got something else I want to ask you. But before that, let's take a break. Hi there, my name's Jessica Kate and I'm Ellen Rose and we're the hosts of Murder in the Land of Oz, a new Australian true crime podcast. Yes, we're starting off in Brisbane, our hometown, because relatable. Relatable. We're going to be coming to you every second Monday. So give us a listen, give us a like and a subscribe. Come and join us on our journey where we explore the depths of true crime Australia. Oh yeah. champion for the getting new faces on screen new faces on um to see a variety of different people i mean seeing something somebody new we love is fantastic mm. so there's a whole for, for all right so i this is the really tough question so yeah. thanks for asking sorry you're welcome right. uh, <laughs> lubricated you john, a little bit john cleese once said when he well he, when he arrived in hollywood he asks you know what's the hardest thing to help sell in hollywood and he said that's a new idea a new idea is one of the hardest things to sell. So an actor, an actor's performance is a new idea. So selling a new one is a lot of work. So when somebody gets their, you know, whatever millions to make the thing that they want to make, then they're kind of going, great, we've got that. I want to get somebody who everyone knows so that then they watch my thing. Mm, so that, be- that becomes the first barrier. Uh, and it yeah, also means it. well, and that's first the name bankable literally means yeah. to have a person who will then 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 uh, financial institutions will liberate money uh, into. Yeah. Uh, you know yeah. what? I understand that. So sense. so that's the first thing, and the yeah. second thing is um, is it is like a, it is a senior position in a company, and in a company for which everyone is doing the job for the first time. And with uh, 
the best indicator of past experience of, of future experience is past experience. So when there are people who have that track record, that again gives security to those people who uh, mm. have invested time, money, you know, hundreds, you know, hundreds of jobs in many cases. Uh, so that's again this. So why not other people? Why not new people? So when they bring in new people, it's usually as part of an ensemble, usually with people who are uh, stronger or they are aware of, um, you know, of their, uh, I think what's the, the wilds I watched recently, which is yeah. al almost entirely of, you know, uh, young women. And they uh, are a, an amazing bunch of, of actors. Mm. And, um, but that was, that was it. And they knew that that's how they were going to work and that's what they were going to do. So, uh, so money, bravery, time. Money, bravery, yeah. time. All right, so Peter, I, I just want to touch back quickly on something that we mentioned, diversity. And I want to yes. ask you about diversity in the Australian film and television industry because a lot of people claim, and, and I agree, that there's not enough diversity in our own industry. What do you think about that? Well, I, I tend to agree, uh, but the forces actually trying to change it are strong. So... Um, we discussed uh, my membership of the uh, Casting Guild of Australia, which I'm now an executive committee member of, which is exciting. And part of what we, yeah, and part of what we are doing is uh, creating a, a diversity uh, a committee. We have a diversity committee, sorry. And the diversity committee uh, is all about uh, reflecting Australia back as it's, our commitment to express, uh, expressing Australia on screen in its diversity of nations, of races, of types, of um, of uh, abilities, of uh, gender identity, all these things, uh, and to bring that and do what we can within productions to, to change that. So, for instance, I'm working on the Portable Door, which is a you know amazing, uh, beautiful Aussie production, which uh, I'm really it's going to look absolutely amazing, and. Um, it's been great working with a production that is very committed to reflecting, uh, in this case, it's Australian production, but we're re reflecting London, but in terms of a very large diversity. So every brief, every room, every place needs to have um, not just Anglo faces in it, and that we need to, uh, and we bring um, a wonderful, rich, exciting diversity to that, which creates opportunities uh, because the production is open to it, and it's an easy sell for me to say, okay, cool, we'll do that and we'll find them and give those people the opportunity. Mm. Um, now, it is an interesting thing to work against because uh, to, to um, reflect Australia and, you know, the the, the things we are creating uh, in a multicultural sense, uh, it is a reality that you open up uh, showcast and or even into submissions that you get and in the majority you do get a lot of white faces. Mm. That are suggested to you, and this is the, and the and the people who have been in the industry and are in the industry, or at least uh, have had the opportunity and, and the opportunity to act and to uh, work in film and TV in front of the camera, is has been uh, the domain of white people, yeah. and so that's the norm, and that is what is easy to do. It's easier to cast that way. And it, it takes an effort to change that. So that's what we, we're recognizing that as the challenge. 
and to to go that little extra step further to go all right so we could just easily put this person in it kind of fits the brief but now actually the extra brief is we go well we do need to commit to uh to reflecting australia and the world as it is not as just a the, the privileged section that has had the experience of being in that privileged position for a long time so it's a, it's a challenge but certainly myself and um the casting directors that i uh my colleagues are, are working hard as much as we can but in the end remembering that casting directors we we offer up our options and in the end, uh, producers and directors and the strictures of the story, the you know the, the the given circumstances of the world dictate what is happening. And um, but yeah, there there are a lot of a lot of things that are that I've worked on and have been involved with that are really committed to seeing diverse faces on them. So yeah, that that was what I. Yeah, so that's that's my addition. <laughs> well, I have a follow-up question for you on that. yes as a teacher so an educator in the arts as well are you seeing more uh, diverse students come through your doors and if not what how are you trying to change that or are you trying to oh I, I love it when i get people who want to come and study with me um and i have to say there are more people coming to study with me who are of diverse backgrounds um i would say you know, in the room, there would be non-Anglo, non-Caucasian, probably about 30 to 40%. Um, but you've actually probably piqued my interest to go, well, maybe I could actually do something more <laughs> in terms of trying to attract people and giving that because, uh, uh, well, I've just been so busy working. Um, my my brief has been to uh, that. But I, you've actually maybe... Uh, given me an idea to actually pro as part of my promotion is Another to actually go say we support $1, these people <laughs> oh is wow is that all asami is yeah, that I'm, all I'm a cheap consultant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i'm i'm absolutely encouraging of and delighted when people come and study with me who are uh who are you know fit the diverse that diverse category sure, sure. um yeah, so it's a very important. Yeah, no, and I, I love it. I think that's great, and I think the more I, I feel personally that the problem is that we just don't have enough people who realize that it's an option for them. You know, either they come from a family that says no, you'll never make it, or there's not enough representation so that they see someone that's like them making it in that sort of way, and so they just feel that, at least from my perspective as a child, I never felt that it was an option for me and yet I decided to become an engineer and I never saw black engineers other than my dad <laughs> you know <laughs> but that was that was an it, option because that was safer you know what I mean so I, I I totally hear you because I know that growing up the idea of the history of the of performing of theater in Australia is and making films has a very has very white roots you know mm -hmm. from England from uh, you know, the stories that are our legacy, you know, like Shakespeare and, sure. and all these things can, can um, are all rich and important parts of, of any history, the history of, you know, world, uh, you know, everything that's ever been made. But um, I kind of looked at, but I do think that there are people who, yeah, have more opportunity that are encouraged into that, that are, that are white mm. than there are 
where it's actually, it's, you know, you're actually, for many people, maybe, you know, people who are first generation in Australia, they get introduced to that, to, you know, what's being written here, what's being created. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it it wouldn't, it's in a, in a sense sort of adopting an, a different culture to one, one sense, but... Uh, but uh, the most exciting things is when you see people who are like, who are like oh, I'd like to mention um, Shell Law, for instance, or Ben Ben Law, because uh, I worked on the family law, and I I like uh, and actually Michelle Law came to my class yeah. to get ready for her role in uh, Homecoming Queen Queens, mm-hmm. and you know she just writes directly from her experience and you know has created stories about her experience as an Australian. Uh, as an Asian Australian and giving that perspective and they're always rich and she does it in a rich, exciting, um, a heartfelt way that I, I just, that is so true to just her experience and just her life experience mm. and which then goes under the category of diverse but it's really just the Australian experience and voices like that need to be heard more and more. Um, just started watching a show called Starstruck Um <laughs> One on iView, I just uh, just this morning, and I'm just killing myself. And you go, yeah, this is this is, I think, uh, yeah, the first three characters you meet, two of them are non-white. You know, it's kind of it's great. It's just, but but, and what it is is you go, these are just stories, yeah, and that's what's important. They're people in stories, and I think anybody who loves stories has just gone, oh well, that's the character in the story. Mm. And and you don't see color, you don't. You just see that person. It transcends at, the, the, we, the the look of the person because it's a story that everyone can relate to. Well, yeah, but you see the the look, the all that stuff doesn't matter. Mm. It's actually just that they're a person, yeah. and they're going through an experience like you would mm. as a person, yeah. and that's all that matters. That's it. That's the shared human condition, and that's what's beautiful about humanity is that. And the more we can just accept the go, oh, that's a person going through that extraordinary thing that I'm watching and accept that that's the most important part of storytelling, yeah. then that's, that's the win for me. Yeah, um, where, uh, when people go, oh, no, I can only identify with it if they look like me or they look a certain way, if that, there's, there's a concept of what you should be in order for me to relate to you. Uh, then that I think that's you know that's that leads to you know terrible words like racism and yeah. so forth. But yeah. as soon as you can look at the person going through that, mm. that's what's exciting to me. Yeah. No, that's and uh, and I hope and, and I'm a, hopefully a champion of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? We've been a part of this corporation, as you discussed, for many, many years. Yeah. I think we're stuck in the fucking mail room. Well, yeah, we are climbing. We're, we're slowly climbing our way out. Yeah, I are, seem to be we? doing a bit more on the stage than in screen, which is fine. I love it. I love perf- I'm a performer, so I don't... The well, stage is incredible to do. Yeah, I really... I, I'm sort of shocked, you know, when you get a script and it's got all of these words in it, <laughs> and it's not like yeah, because that's what a script has, right? And and it's not that you know you're doing things in takes because I have been on big films where you know you do the one scene and, and you might do three scenes a day and that's it and you've got that time to remember the twenty lines that you might have and then you go onto stage and you literally have like a hundred and fifty or yeah. two hundred lines Epic. and you got to remember them all right then and there you've got this two hour period boom go and that's it. 
And I, there's something amazing about that and exhilarating about it. And you get to this point where you lose yourself and it's no longer you. You are now the character and the words just come out. And like in, my head is blank and the words just come right out. They're just and coming that's out. And it's still, but it's also like, oh, motherfucking self. Thank you. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it's, I, I love being on stage. I love being in film and television as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. But I seem to be, at least in Brisbane, I seem to be more, um, I guess maybe not pigeonholed, but people see me more as a stage actor than anything else. Probably because they see you as a big fat singer on stage yeah. when you're yeah. singing on Sundays at Bearded Lady. True. Uh, yeah. Once a place in Jupilee every Sunday. Every yeah, uh, Station Road. Station Road, yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know. Check out yeah, Sammy's so page for more details. But um, Peter, back to you. Quick question. So when when the whole casting thing happens, and COVID would have affected you, right? It yes, it did. Yes, I was actually right in the middle of working on the Bureau of Magical mm. Things. God bless. So how did you turn being a casting phenomenon in Queensland to all of a sudden being? A teacher doing everything online, creating these classes, which I actually didn't have any money, but I was I was to- so close to signing up to some of them. <laughs> yeah. But you, uh, um, I've spoke to you, I've talked about you. You've been oh, teaching so like a a crazy person, and you've been doing it all online. I can't, it's just crazy. Tell well, I've, I've recently come back into the room, which because people liked it. So my Woo. next term has is on uh, the website, and. Um, is that where I meant to go, peterrasmussen.com.au? Yes. Boom. 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 How, did I, how did I do Wait, wait, how can we so find you, you again? Uh, at at, at, at peterrasmussen.com.au. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Or, or at uh, Facebook. I'm Peter Rasmussen. But I think my, my business page is um, Peter Rasmussen Casting. Or I think. Yeah. You know, I say We both follow Rasmussen. He says Rasmussen. I'm going to say, <laughs> say tomato, tomato. Absolutely, it's what, it, what, however you wish to say it, because it's 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 Danish. I literally don't have the vowels. It's Australian. <laughs> casting and acting coach. Oh, That's there we go. Peter Rasmussen, casting, casting and, and acting, acting, acting coach. Acting coach. Yeah. So you can find me there. Um, what was the question? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> oh, how did it go? Well, actually, well, I was. Te- I've been teaching some night classes um, for you know just. A Monday or Tuesday night for mm. ages, and uh, because and I found fa- I found that I really loved that. I mean, that bit in me. I think I mentioned my family a lot of my, maybe that's before the mm. podcast started. But um, you said your father was there. yeah. There's, I'm from yes. a family of educators, yeah. and so that bit. Once I started to do a few classes, asked to work in places that right. I would actually found. Oh, I enjoy teaching. Mm. So. For when COVID hit, um, I basically drove my wife nuts by just going, I've got to get online! <laughs> so, and so it was this frantic, uh, I think it was like 48 hours of just madness of just going, that's it, I have to get online! <laughs> and I kind of... Shout out to Peter's wife. <laughs> yes. She's Thanks for putting long suffering. Yeah. Uh, and... I, you know, learned about Zoom. I managed to put the classes on there. I managed to finish up a couple of classes, move the content that was essentially online, uh, offline into online. And that was amazing. We actually found some really great ways to move that and people were very happy with that. And then trying out a lot of stuff and doing, mm. Different you know, ways sitting, sitting there in isolation, just talking to a camera and Weird. watching people chat at you was 
lots of fun. Did and, you uh, have yeah. um, your actors sort of act out scenes online, and what was that like? I had a few things. Uh, oh, so a couple of grabs that were really cool. Yeah, so I did a number of things. I mean, the, uh, from uh, the Uta Hagen class, which uh, we used the, there's this uh, four pieces of four exercises that I managed to, which usually happened in the room. We worked out how to pe how for people to do them at home yeah. and film and be assessed on them, and then apply those to scenes. Well, you know, that ended up with some great stuff. I put out some sort of silly little competitions of just sent, just putting blank scripts out there. And mm -hmm. I think I saw some of those. Yeah, there, there were some great ones with that. And that they, uh, I offered a, offered a prize for that. And I think yeah, we had a, oh gosh, I can't remember her name. Oh dear. Uh, but she was a, uh, someone from Sydney who did a beautiful, had uh, the whole world built beautifully with a blank wall and it was just fantastic what she mm, did. Nice. And um, yeah, so that was uh, interesting just to, just to go, well, let's go online and let's make that happen. And But people seem to not want to be online, like aggressively so. Really? <laughs> really? Well, I, I did it for a little bit and then I just, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. I really it's didn't enjoy same, performing. Huh? It's not the same. I like to have an audience mainly. Yeah. Um, especially if I'm singing. So I, I got hired to do a lot of private parties and things like that and... And, you know, and it's kind of like, oh, so-and-so from such a, oh, yeah, okay, hi, you know. and That, and that could be alienating, yeah. Yeah, it, it's a little bit, it's well, different. I had it's a couple, different. like, one was, um, I turned my Tuesday nights into, uh, um, that was very much people that were invite only, and mm. people that I kind of knew were very, very good. And, oh, you know, very experienced. And... The format I found that if they do a scene and then there would be some sort of discussion after each time that, yeah. so that people felt that there was and kept it relatively small and, and the feedback was direct and moving yep. to the next thing. It was some marvellous stuff. Uh, so yeah. that was uh, that, a sense of community happened yes. there. And that would have been a saving grace to so many people too who just wanted to have a way an to outlet. express an, an outlet. Exactly. Mm. Mm. Um, so what courses are you offering right now? Mm. So I... Oh, uh, when is it? April twenty sixth is the Udahagen course. It's it's identical every time this one, but it can be done again and again. Yeah. The uh, it's it's all the techniques that I have to do that I do when breaking down a scene for an audition. But oh. and all like like your what's the environment? What surrounds you? Which most casting people say, where's your eye lines? Uh, <laughs> and then. <laughs> Fourth side, yeah, it's how to create that quickly. Yeah. Uh, the idea of what fourth side is, uh, changes in self, which is essentially substitution. Um, Uta Hagen's idea of moment to moment, the idea of expectation. It's what that. how we ex it's what we expect and how that is broken or supported in each moment. Is that line forward? We do that uh, and. We apply that to this time. We applied it to monologues, and it's actually really good. Mm. So I'm going to see. It's our second week of actually having it on the their feet this week. So on, on on Monday, I'm really looking forward to seeing what we're doing tonight. Uh, then the second one is self tests. Uh, self Love that. Yes. So uh, <laughs> I might sign up for that one. <laughs> well, welcome will. to have you. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, you're more than welcome. There's a few people interested at the moment. It's only just gone up. Uh, the uh, so that's partly acting course, but mostly uh, 
how can you do this really well? Because yes. it's, it's tricky to get the script quickly, make some really good choices, make it real when it's just a blank wall, and how to populate the world into something interesting, exciting, mm -hmm. and show the best of you. Yes. Because that's, that's what it's we want to so see. It's so tricky. Mm, it is. It can be. And sometimes I'll do one and I think, oh, this is crap. But everyone else thinks it's great. And I'm like, what did I do that was so different? Especially you if you only have, if it's one word. <laughs> you know, I've had those self-tests where I just have to stand there, no. And that's it. <laughs> and, and I'm like, what, what is this? You know, and there's, there's nothing in this script that tells me what I'm, you know, it like says, so-and-so walks into a room and they look at you, no. And then that's it. And I'm like, so, Okay. Cool. So, so Self-testing is Well, so I buy hard. that no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love it. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so obviously we've survived COVID or should I knock on wood? Knock, knock on yeah, wood. Yeah, knock on wood. This is a nice teak wood. It is. Yeah. Teaching is going to be pretty amazing moving forward. I'm, I can't wait. I hope we should definitely do that. Yes. And I think you should do like workshops as well. Just like one, like a Saturday. A master class. Yes, I need to. I've got to get. Time for people. Yes, I've got to organize that. I'm just busy with other things. Yes. Come on, Peter. I need it. And I might put my hand up and say, maybe do something in conjunction with Equity Foundation, because That's then it's idea. free for us MIA members. Well, I, uh, <laughs> Alex used to get me in all the time. Yeah, also, so I, I was just on the phone with her this morning, so I might, and well, I have seen that you've done some classes yeah, no, with her as well. Yeah, it's great. I love to do that. You use that self-test studio for Peter's classes. Yes. We, so, well, but I don't know what your setup is like, but we do have a self-test studio here in Queensland that I orchestrated. Thank you very much. And it has not been getting a lot of use, but oh, obviously... Oh, well then we should actually get that busy. We should do yes, we, we need get, to get it busy. Get it Let's because it. it is free for anyone who is an equity member. Completely Ooh. free for equity members. They just have to go online, sign up to use it. We make sure that okay. it's open for them. We should get you in there. They What's, come in, they hand what over What sort of equipment cash. have you got in there? We, well, I don't know the type of camera, but it's a camera on a tripod. All they have to bring is their SD, SD card. card. Mm. Yeah. And then it's, you know... A blank room everything is set up and they most likely they'll have to have the reader with them to help operate the camera as well but it's a free self-test studio for equity members Great. so we yeah if we if anyway. you have equity members that come through your class and you can let them know about that yeah that'd be we amazing it's at the Australian Performing Arts Conservatory which is right next to King George Square so it's the entry is right next to that office works uh -huh. that's on oh, Adelaide yeah. Street yeah, okay. so it's right there. And I want to say it's level, somewhere between level two and five. I don't know that. Oh, yeah. But I mean, you can find it. But you can, you can find it on the, the directory. Uh, the Queensland Media <laughs> Arts Entertainment Alliance website. Guys, we're going to take a short break and hear from our sponsors and the lovely other podcasts on the That's Not Canon Network. All right, guys, see you soon. Hey there, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. It's Matt Young, and I want you to listen to the Story Chunder podcast based on the live event where Brisbane storytellers tell true and sometimes embarrassing stories from their lives for the delight and approval of a live audience. So listen in to the Story Chunder podcast. I'll see you at the Chunder. And we're back. And we've been having a fantastic chat with casting director, teacher extraordinaire, actor, Peter Rasmussen. Rasmussen? Ooh. Rasmussen? Rasmussen? <laughs> Yes, we've learned that there are many different ways to say this name. Um, really, <laughs> yeah, really having a great time chatting and just hearing your experience and your insight 
as a casting director. But now I have a, a small question. Can you tell me what's the difference between a casting director, a casting agent? Uh, look, I think I think there actually isn't one. I think casting directors prefer to be called casting directors because mm-hmm. uh, the casting agent is what you'd probably call an agent. Is that just a regular rep- talent agent? Yeah, who would represent people. And so it's, uh, I think I've just kind of adopted what my colleagues have said. You know, it's like, well, we are, you know, we're, we're casting directors or casting consultants or casting people, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, that's something that is, is used. Um, we were talking earlier about the idea that the casting director is actually pretty contentious uh, in the academy in America because there's that fight to have casting as a category at the Academy Awards. Yeah. Uh, and partly that it's the word director because the directors go, well, you don't actually direct anything. Mm. You're, which is not entirely true. We do direct uh, auditions. We, we choose and select and shape. You direct shape, talent shape a, to a... Well, yeah, we shape who's project. presented yeah. to the director in terms of uh, you know, populating a world and mm. that's that has its own uh, artistic merit uh, I get what they're saying you know it's it's not directing in the same way that a director directs but uh, if it's just a issue with nomenclature mm-hmm. yeah. then um, it, that's no it's yeah. Could they not change it to something like a casting producer because you know like we have an executive producer that doesn't really produce they just kind of put the money up it sounds like we've got too many names already. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, already I mean, confusing. Casting, I'm a problem solver. Creator. This is what I do. <laughs> That's right. You said this earlier. Yeah. I, I think, well, we'll see how that mm. producer, you know. creator, let's mm. see that, how that goes. What's your most favourite production that you've ever worked on? Oh, most favourite. Oh, actually, probably the most interesting one was actually uh, came out of the documentary department of the ABC called Australia on Trial oh. in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Uh, really interesting job. It all came. It was all three court trials uh, from the 1800s in Australian history. Wow! And all in all, there was about 140 roles, most of them men. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I don't like period you know pieces. Because men are naughty. <laughs> well, well, I mean, and they ran everything. They ran everything, the and they did terrible things. Yes, I, I they mean, did. There was, oh. I, I mean, the the it was it was the Eureka Stockade. There was the massacre of of uh, Aboriginal people, mm-hmm. uh, and that was. See, this, yeah. But this was the Shit. first time uh, white men were uh, charged or hung for for that sort of activity, uh, and also uh, rape. Uh, that mm. was terrible. So there was these terrible cases, mm. but the challenge of it was really interesting because, and it taught me so much, is that there was a very, very limited pool of people who could play those roles. My ex-boyfriend could have. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! What? Oh time, time. <laughs> Sorry, it, w- it was going to really dark places, which yeah, is uh, that was very dark. <laughs> the, the reason the challenge was is that I had this very small pool as a casting person. Like this is, mm. I want to present the problem that I had. Mm. A very small pool of actors. And uh, a very small, uh, but a lot of roles to fill. So I, ha- I couldn't get everybody in at the one time. So I had to try and get lots of performances out of people, but only have one script. Right. Because I couldn't get them, oh, you're not right for this one, but you have to come in for multiple times to see that. Like, I can't believe people are asking for like 10 self-tests yeah. in these, in, for these shows that are coming up. Like, like, that was something that I would never have done. Mm. But I was still 
but I had to find these people who didn't have a, who didn't have Australian accents or could do non-Australian accents. Fine. Why? Because it was the 1800s and they weren't in Australia. Accents. The Australian accent didn't really exist it was yet. Ah. Scottish or English or was it German? We had we had an African American uh, in at the Eureka Stockade, and yeah. we found a marvelous uh, Terry Yaboa who played that. It was fantastic, uh, and all so that as an acting challenge was great. And when the, when the end result came out, uh, it was great because the ABC got in tr- got the producer in trouble saying, "Well, you from the documentary depo- department, you've made a drama." And it looked really good, mm. and so that was <laughs> that was an exciting. That, that's why it was exciting because yeah. it was so intense. There was no money almost for anyone. <laughs> wow! But well, I mean, the, but they, they paid me a minimums. Yes. But yep. it just had these marvelous actors who agreed to be part of it because of the content and uh, and uh, some very brave uh, actors, particularly the the lady in the the Rape of Mount Remi- Rennie, who is the woman who had to testify against the people who attacked her, and, mm-hmm. uh, which is. It was oh, the darkest tale, uh, but it's true. Oh. Mm. And then I got it while I and I had to. I was flown to Melbourne to do the job, among other things like the cup and neighbours and uh, Captain Kim, the movie. Yeah. And, and, and but this is, this was taking up all of my mind, and was all these dark stories with these terrible things happened. Yeah. And this will be good for a few people who uh, who put the musical on recently. Is uh, they said we got invited to go to a musical, and we thought, oh, fantastic. Musical, how wonderful! Mm. And it was a play called The Hat Pin. Now, The Hat Pin was put on a few years ago in Brisbane, and that was about another court case from Sydney about child farming. Oh, and it was one of the darkest time. Anyway, my the achievement that we did it and got through to the end of it mm. was was the amazing achievement. I feel like I that was a really dark story to have told, but no, I, no, I felt that was good. I felt proud about doing it. Yeah. And the job Can was we good. Find and that show anywhere? It's on ABC or it was it was something that was on the ABC. I don't know if it's on iView or anything, but it was called Australia on Trial. Australia on Trial. And how Last long ago? Out. How long ago was that? Oh gosh, uh, that was would have been so. as far back as uh, two thousand and eleven or okay. two thousand and twelve. Okay. But that that was ten years. Oh my mm, gosh, that's really yeah. Shiver, 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 but but then there were the big ones like working for neighbors was incredible. Yeah, what so about the butterfly tree? That was wonderful. Oh, I loved that film, it's really good. It's a beautiful film. So you were the main casting director for that, yeah. So, well, they had uh, Nikki Barrett, uh, Barrett was a consultant on it, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, this is I would, uh, my friend uh, Priscilla Cameron wrote that, and so we'd become good friends. and said Pete well this is getting a job yeah you know, Priscilla yeah. said Pete we need some actory things to do the actory mm-hmm. bits mm-hmm. so, <laughs> <laughs> that stuff. so uh, and Priscilla's great like she's an amazing yeah, writer yes. and a terrific um and a, an actor's director like she really works hard to understand what the actor's process is and, mm, and the language that's used as well the, yeah the act like like action based imaginative based mm. question based mm language and so that was just a joy finding some people for her and uh seeing seeing her vision come to life which, which was an award-winning film which yes, is was. one of the reason that it got up because she people loved it yeah. they just thought this so was beautiful precise very precise and it based on her own very vulnerable her, 
I, I love it for Priscilla because she uh, finds this vulnerability in her work. Her, her work, she's able to really put herself into it and use I it as a vehicle. Mm. Yeah, so a great creative. And, and what about Celeste? Uh, Celeste, <laughs> my dear friend um, Ben, uh, again, somebody who was from, uh, who I knew from uni days. Uh, yeah, we, we always had a fun, collaborative way of working, and so when this came up, we worked together and found an interesting cast for him to play with. And, <laughs> and that's the way Ben works. He, it's like, I think I don't think life is serious for Ben at all. It, it's, 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 a, it's a game. So yes, yes. Pre presenting more players was the, the role. And I we both had a... Shakespearean. <laughs> yeah, we, we both had a mutual friend in Billy Brown um, ah, and who helped write I know Billy Celeste. Brown, yeah. Yes. Mm. So, um, yeah, it was in his memory that we, we, we thought, well, you know, let's do it for Bill. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Beautiful. Wow. All right, guys, well, we are going to take a short break and we're back with you in just a second. Why didn't Harry just shoot Voldemort with a gun? Do all wizards turn into ghosts? How do the owls know where to deliver letters? What actually is magic? And why are all the bad guys in Slytherin? We've checked the books, and the answers aren't there. So if we want to figure it out, we're going to have to do a podcast about it. Podcast 9 and 3 quarters, a show where two sisters, us, delve way too deep into the lore of the Harry Potter series to try and answer all of these unanswered questions. It's a debate series. Half of the time we do real research, and half of the time we make dumb jokes and argue about how we think the story should have gone. Like how Harry definitely should have ended up with Hermione. Or, have you considered Ron? Oh, Ron and Harry? Okay, okay I'm listening. And if you want to listen, you can find our new episodes twice a month on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find great podcasts. And we're back! Now, we have been chatting with Peter Rasmussen, and we've come to the end Ooh. of our conversation. I Thank like you. I we could ask you so many more yeah, questions. Yeah, we could though, be right? here forever. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> if you let like, us. He's, yeah. he's like, I, I want to go home. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't think I'm in any rush yet. I do have something Good. to do at 4 30. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I still have time. Yes, no, there's plenty of time. Okay. So, so we are going to play our new segment called Open Up. Although I believe initially we called it Wiggity Bang, but yeah, we're now that's calling the name it. Of the company, that's the name of the company, yeah, but the game is up. open up. Yes. Yeah. So I'm very scared about this. Oh, no, Because anything don't could be. come out of it. Well, just right. you, you choose. All right. Am I meant to shake it out? I don't know. You just, yeah, just okay. choose one. Okay. Or oh, choose one. All yeah, choose okay, one. Okay, take to ask us. if I do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. All, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I can't see what this says. Sabi goes first. I went first last time. Oh, okay. Okay. So this is for you. And tell me how many stars it is. It's two stars. Two stars. Okay, that usually kind of gives us an indication of the intensity of the question. Maybe right. a bit more wine for this guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. What's the question? If yes, you created an imaginary friend uh -oh. right now, <gasps> what would they be like? They would be comforting and funny, and really good harmonizers. They'd be mm. able to harmonize, so I could sing with them. Mm. So kind of like yeah. your housemate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and your well, uh, and you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of, I kind of want to ask. Can I ask a follow up? Or? Yeah, you can. Yeah. What, what, um, uh, what? Uh, <laughs> a follow up question. <laughs> no, I don't. I thought I had one, but oh, I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you got it. You have it. I, it's there. It's there. Uh, are they? Are they? Uh, um, 
human. Yeah, are they a human? I want to know. I, I feel that this person, this, this character, uh, is not human. They might be a fairy. They're a fairy. They might be a fairy. Are they evil fairy or a good fairy? Mm, I'd say middle of the road. Oh. Yeah, they're they're you know kind of human. Yeah. Do they fly? Of course. Yeah, yeah. she's got All wings. Fairies fly. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. What do they Massive eat? Massive wings. Oranges. Lots and lots of oranges. <laughs> and fairy bread. <laughs> no, they don't eat fairy bread. No, they don't eat fairy bread. No, no. This is Asabi's character. Like, yeah. Oh, he's probably no. a cannibal. Yeah. Ew, no. Oh, no. Eat other fairies. No. Yeah. That's eat more like, that's more like, a, like yeah. from David Bowie and Labyrinth. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Chomping other fairies. Oh, yes. yuck. Love Brilliant. that movie. All, All right. right. Okay, so. Vanessa, and no, she gets the same question. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. So, what so is it, again? it is. It's a two stars. If you created an imaginary friend right now, what would they be like? Okay, I'm, I'm in a conundrum because one, I already have multiple imaginary friends. I am. And two, <laughs> she, I talk to them all the time. Uh, and two, uh, can't I just have like Pete's dragon, you know, Puff the Magic Dragon, live by the sea. You know the dragon, Pete's yes, dragon? Yes, yes. Whenever I think of an imaginary friend, I've got the dragon. And he's big green and he's gorgeous. But does he spit fire? That's a does he spit fire? Why? Oh, okay. Only when I'm angry and he wants to like like annoy like he just poo poo. He breathes fire when you're angry. Yeah, to to tell people off. Oh right. What's that a metaphor for? (laughs) (laughs) When I've had too much curry. she's admitting that <laughs> I often have conversations with things that aren't there but they are there because we live in a world where we have those moments in time or people that we speak to or other people that are involved in our interactions that may or may not ask these questions of you and if you don't test yourself before you go out into a social situation how are you supposed to answer the questions and if you have a fire beating dragon who you, you know yeah, knows when you don't you like off. somebody he's it'll just roast them from the mouth of babes. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I don't think I want an imaginary friend. I That's don't. a good, yeah. 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 I, I, I like real people. Being real. Yeah. yeah. But you see, that's not in the, question. in the question. Like you have, like, <laughs> you have to create it. I suppose the if helps, doesn't it? Yes. If you uh, did. If, yeah. And, I, and that's what I love about these questions. They they'd are, be like an empty space. Yeah. If you create one, they'd be like an empty space that stayed I, quiet I and like sat in the corner. Dog. Yes. I would like a talking dog. Would you really? Yes. I don't know that I would want a talking dog. No, I want a talking dog. She would want a talking that's dog. That's a big move away from Puff the Magic Dragon. It is. Look, <laughs> look that was what was my first thought, and now you've made, you've made me, and now I'm giving you my answer. I want a talking dog. She wants a talking dog. Okay. Amazing. So you're, if you create a magic friend, what they look like, they, they'd be like they change between Puff the Magic da- Dragon and a talking dog. They'd be an Animagus. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, that's... Just constantly that's, There we go. Well, now I know that about you both. Yes. Well, yeah, I, I have flesh-eating fairies that like oranges. Yes. And, and, and can harmonize. dragon dog. A dragon dog. Cute. It speaks. Yeah. You can have mm. little doggy, green dog with wings. Oh, uh, the whole, oh, yeah, the yeah. donkey and donkey, donkey and dragon. dragon. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'd like to see that on the stage. Yeah. On the, mm. yeah. Well, I mean, they are two animals. Good so, point. Yeah. So it's okay. So interspecies. On that note, 
Guys, well. check out the bottom <laughs> of the information we have on Peter Rasmussen. Rasmussen. We have a lot of information about him. I really suggest checking out his, his teachings, especially the self-test, uh, the classes, um, and also just keeping aware of what he's doing because he's doing great things. Yeah. Thanks for being a part of our podcast. Thank, thank you. you for having me. It's been really fun. Yay, thank you for coming. <laughs> All right, guys, check us out. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, and we're off. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.